Well, good morning. And happy Easter. Six weeks ago, we started a journey together. It was a journey that we said it was a journey of Lent, of giving it up for Lent. When we began, we talked about giving up control, giving up expectations, giving up enemies, giving up lies, and giving up popularity. Today, we talk about giving up death. This is the day that we are able to rejoice and to know that we are loved so much that we are given eternal life. This is a day to celebrate. As you look in your announcements today, just make sure you keep in mind some of the things that are happening today with the receiving of offerings for VBS and for the Jackson Ministries. And know that we are going to be having our children come. And this is our Coins for Missions Sunday. Uh, and they will be coming out at children's time in order to bring about the understanding that we are in mission. We are in mission to all of the world to share with them what we rejoice. With that, I want you to also know at the beginning of our service, if you haven't looked at the bulletin yet, there are three spots where we're going to have a reading, and then we're going to sing a verse of the song, uh, Up from the Grave He Arose. I'm going to read another verse and sing another, ver uh, uh, another verse of the song. And then on the third time, we're going to rise for the reading of the rest of the gospel for this morning, and then we will remain standing uh, through the opening prayer. With that, let us begin our journey of our celebration of Easter today. So for this, for this uh, call and response, you could turn to hymn 322 or... Um, it was also on the screens. We're, we're going to do the verse and not the refrain on each one of those. So our reading comes from John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running up to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth, that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. 
Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She said, do not, he, Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. join with me in the call to worship. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen God's steadfast love endures forever. Rejoice in this day of salvation. Please stay standing.
Please join with me in the opening prayer. Risen Christ, enter our worship and our hearts this day. As you live and move among us, remind us to proclaim and live the life you offer. Inspire us to walk as children of your resurrection each day. Amen. Can, can the children come up here and join me for our children's moment? Okay, uh, we, over the past couple weeks that I've been up here, we talked about different Easter traditions that helped us and reminded us of Jesus, Jesus' death and resurrection and the, and, the, and the great things and the good news that we get to spread to others. So today I thought about doing some of the same things. So one of the, one of the, one of the things that I just learned and maybe it'd be cool for everybody learning, especially us as young ones, is the tradition of the traditional greeting of the church on Easter. Um, one of the things that, that they have done, actually I learned that we've done it for over 1,500 years or more, is we greet with the greeting, we say, Christ is risen, and then, and then there's an answer back, back to us, he is risen indeed. So... I think Easter is one of the most joyous days of the year, and this is a time where we can actually, we can greet each other in a very joyous and loud and proud way. So what we're going to do is we're going to see how loud we can get the congregation to joyously respond to us. So who wants to be holding the mic together? Let's, let's stand up. We're going to do it twice. Who wants, to, who wants to stand in the middle and hold the mic? Christ is, is risen. He is risen indeed. Okay, so now we are going to talk a little bit about the egg hunt. So we just did an egg hunt out there um, outside. I learned that the first egg hunt, some people say Martin Luther, he's a very famous pastor from a long, long time ago. Um, he had the first egg hunt, and all the guys of the congregation hid the eggs, and all the women and children went and found them, which I think is a little unfair. The guys didn't get to finding the eggs. But I guess what he said was it symbolized how the women, Mary Magdalene we just read, found Jesus. Um, and so the women and the children got to go find the eggs to symbolize the first time that they found the empty tomb. Okay, so what we have today is we have another reminder involving eggs and candy that my daughter Catherine is going to read. But first we're going to have everybody have a, this little poem. We're going to close with a jelly bean, a jelly bean prayer. So you, can you pass that around? Okay. The jelly bean prayer. Red is for the blood he gave, green is for the grass he made, yellow is for the sun so bright, orange is for the edge of night, black is for the sins he made, white is for the grace he gave, purple is for his heart of sorrow, pink is for our new tomorrow. An egg full of jelly beans, colorful and sweet, is a prayer and a promise and a loved one's treat. Okay, so you get to hold on to this poem. It might remind you of all the great things that Jesus did for us. And, and the Easter time, hold on to these jelly beans. You get to eat them in the, in the pews if you want. I give you permission. If you don't like the black jelly bean, I like black jelly beans, actually, so you can <laughs> give them to me. Not very many people like them. So 
at this time, you also get to go out in congregation and collect some coins for our missions. All right, so take these out. See if there's any coins. We also accept paper money <laughs> for missions. The choir has some change to give, too. The choir has some change to give. Maybe we can hit them up. Thank you guys. Good job. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. It is great for our children <clears throat> to be able to be active in ministry, even as we are teaching them about the risen, the risen Lord today. Now, it is this understanding that as uh, the congregation, that we have been given so much and as we think about what Christ did for us on the cross and how he has risen to give us life that is beyond our understanding, that we can live now and sharing that with the world, it is a response for us to be able to be the church, to be in mission as the whole of the church. And in order to do that, we have to give back, give back what we've been given. When we think about this church, even in this week, we went throughout uh, the community and the homeless shelters and we took gifts to the children and invited them to know that Jesus loves them. There's just a lot of different things that we do in this church in order to reach out to our community and we can't do it without the church being the church. Ushers, would you please wait upon us?
join me in this prayer of dedication. We give you thanks, O God, for you are good. You have been our help and hope, calling us to be help and hope for the world. You live among us, calling us to share life and love with all creation. Bless the gifts we bring before you, that they may be signs of your life, hope, and love. Amen. Please be seated and prepare to enjoy the ministry of music. Sunday. Can you believe it? Easter Sunday is here, and it so happens to be that it's uh, our uh, first Easter here with you. Suzanne and I and our, our family are here together with you today. Suzanne and I have had the privilege of celebrating Easter with several different congregations throughout our lives. Even though every church has its own personality and their communities have a personality and the ways that we lift up this holy day of all holy days, they all have one thing in common. There is an energy, an energy within the congregation that is just different from the rest of the year. Easter, it is the pinnacle celebration of Christianity and has been from the beginning. Let's think the first Easter was the dawning of a new foundation of faith in the true light of the world. The rising of Jesus Christ from the darkness of the tomb shining as an everlasting light of the way, the truth, and the life without end. Easter marks the day the curse of sin and death was overturned. Resurrection announces that death does not have the last word. God has the last word, and that word is life, life in Christ. That's what we are celebrating today. Without the resurrection, the death on the cross of Christ on the cross as a payment for all of humanity's sin would amount to nothing. Sin would still have resulted in death. But in the resurrection, Christ paid it all, and, on the, and the curse of death, which is separation from God, has been removed. 
removed for all who believe, not only in the cross, but in the resurrection of Christ. Jesus took on all sin, including yours and mine, and that is hard enough for us to grasp. But even more amazing is that Jesus is alive and offers life that doesn't end with death. Friends, if we are to truly have life, as Jesus proclaims, then we have to give up death. How do we give up death and have faith that leads to life? That is a question for us today. Now, people have an interesting relationship with death. There are many different ways that we deal with it. Before we experience death in our lives in some way, we don't even think about it. Life itself is our driving force. After we, we know death is a reality, we deal with it in different ways. Some assume it is something far enough in the future that there's just nothing to worry about or to think about. Then there are those people who, well, well they flirt with death by doing activities that give some kind of a rush, like skydiving, which my children and their spouses have done, which I don't understand. But bungee jumping, there's things like that, rock climbing, car racing, and cliff diving. And of course, there are those that, well, really push the limit and challenge death head on by doing stunts like uh, that guy that tightroped across the Grand Canyon or jumping out of an airplane without a parachute with just a, a winged suit and climbing on the outside of skyscrapers thinking they're Spider-Man without a safety net or any kind of gear. And when people do these stunts, what are people doing around them? They're watching. They're watching them to see if the, they can uh, just defeat death. Death is interesting. And then there are those who are crippled by the thought of death and are afraid to take any risk at all. Others accept death as an imminent fate and don't think about it as anything other than the end. But as Christians, regardless of how we have dealt with the reality of death before, we need to accept that death doesn't define who we are anymore. Rather, life which is given by the breath of God, justified by the cross and eternally promised in the resurrection, will define who we are today, tomorrow, and forevermore. God created humanity in His image to have life, to live, not to die. Jesus came to restore this ultimate truth, to end the curse and to reconcile us with the presence of God as it was in the garden in the beginning. You see, when we give up death, only life remains as our driving force once again. Everyone who encounters Jesus is asked to face death head on, deny its power, and give it up. Now we can see what leads us to giving up death through the first disciples' reactions to the first Easter. So let's take a look there. Now the evening before Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, she and Jesus' closest disciples all knew of his brutal death on the cross. When Mary went to the tomb and when Peter and the beloved disciple came after her, they came looking for Jesus' dead body. They weren't expecting to find anything else. John described, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. See, they were still looking at death as the end. They were wrestling with the realities of death, which includes grief and, and despair. Now, if you have lost anyone close, you know the pain. It is real. It is real and undeniable. Friends, if we are to give up death, we need to recognize death as the curse that it is. We must connect our grief and, and our despair the real pain that we feel with our need to turn to God. 
Curses, after all, were set in place to redirect us to God and God's will. Death is not to be the end, but to be the signpost for us to look to the creator, our creator, to experience life as our Lord intended. So first look at death for what it is. It is a curse. Now when Mary, Peter, and the other disciple looked into the tomb, and they each saw something different. Peter saw Jesus' grave clothes lying there with the head head covering folded separately, laying aside. Mary saw angels sitting at the foot and at the head where Jesus would have been laid. And we're not told exactly what the other disciples saw. But what they all did see was that Jesus wasn't there. Friends, if we are going to give up death, we need to see the empty tomb We need to see the emptiness through the eyes of the first disciples as evidence of Jesus' resurrection. They are the eyewitnesses. There is something else we need to see as well. After Mary saw the angels and the empty tomb, John described, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus Woman, he said, why are you crying? What, who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Now, at this point, Mary wasn't sure what was going on. She had not really seen Jesus for who he really is. First, she saw him as the gardener and then the teacher. However, neither of those descriptions was sufficient for proclaiming Jesus' true identity. Then Jesus opened her eyes saying, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. Friends, we don't really need to, we don't only need to see the empty tomb as evidence of the resurrection. We need to see Jesus as the risen Lord. He is not just a teacher, just a prophet or a miracle worker. He is Lord. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present, calling out to all who will hear him, revealing his identity. And when we see Jesus as Lord, then we know him. We know him. We know that it is him who draws us into worship with, with praise and bowing down to the one who ends up lifting us up to true life in him. John described the moment the first disciples saw Jesus as Lord. Writing, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Recognizing Jesus as Lord draws us closer to him. And it is our closeness to him that allows us to hear him. Hear him in our minds and in our hearts. And that's the next thing that leads us to give up death as the end. We need to hear Jesus calling our name and offering us peace. Jesus called out to Mary. Jesus addressed his disciples directly to let them know it was him. When Jesus met them in that locked room, they feared dying. They were hiding from the Jewish leaders, thinking that they were next to be crucified. And in that moment, Jesus simply says, peace be with you. Jesus replaced the fear of death. With an offer of peace. 
Jesus offers us peace. Peace knowing that in him death is not the end. But we must hear him for ourselves. Through our own experience. To hear him calling our name and saying, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, friends, an Easter faith does not dwell long on the tomb where you go to find the dead. An Easter faith leaves the tomb trusting the incomprehensible resurrection and celebrates the risen Lord. An Easter faith opens our hearts and our minds to the reality that death is not the end. We can give up death. So recognize death as a curse that directs us to the Lord to find life. See the empty tomb as evidence of the resurrection. See the risen Jesus as Lord of life eternal. And hear Jesus calling out to us by name. And offering us peace, replacing our fear of death with the confidence of life and life everlasting. Friends, Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen indeed. Give up death and live now. Live now a new life through Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Amen and amen. Friends, we are here on Easter Sunday, and it is no better day to be here around the table with Jesus Christ than on Easter Sunday. This is the sacrament of Holy Communion. It is where Jesus Christ is present with us in a real and present way. It may be a mystery to us in not understanding how we experience Christ in this, this meal. If you open your hearts, open your mind, and expect to meet Jesus, Jesus is here. In your bulletins, you will find a, uh, the liturgy for today. It should be also on the screen. But I invite you to join along as we bless this table and come to the Lord's table expecting an encounter with the risen Lord. Because Jesus is alive. And we are alive in him. Let's begin our time around the table. Worthy in your birth. Nope, sorry. <laughs> Alleluia. The risen Christ is with us. Alleluia. Death is conquered since power is broken. We have seen your glory. We are yours, all yours, blessed triune God, all our lives, all our thanks, all our praise, we give it all to you with all our bodies and minds and voices. Yours, all yours. Yours the blessing, yours the praise from the unimaginable silence before creation, beyond the farthest reaches of time and space our instruments may ever find. From infinity to infinity, everlasting to everlasting, you are God, boundless in love and power. We stand in awe, Mercy, how full of mercy. How can we put, but praise you, joining our voices with the song of angels and saints, seraphim and martyrs, strangers and family in every generation.
You are holy, O God. Holy. Worthy in your birth, worthy in your living, worthy when you preach good news that God's kingdom has drawn near and gathered disciples, then and now to learn and show the world what life and God's reign means, healing for the sick, new life for the dead, cleansing for the lepers, freedom for the possessed, new birth, new hope, new creation, breaking in for all. Worthy too, the night we betrayed you, when you took bread. You blessed it and broke it and gave it to your disciples. Worthy when you told them, this is my body that is broken for you. Remember me. Worthy when you took the cup, praise God, and shared it. And worthy when you said, this is my blood of the new covenant for you. Remember me. And on this day of days, we proclaim above all, worthy were you when the angels rolled away the stone. And you came forth from the tomb, trampling down death by death into all in the graves, restoring life. We remember and we praise you with our lives and these gifts of bread and cup proclaiming with one voice the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Even so, come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon these gifts. Make them be for us Christ's body, Christ's blood. That we with Mary Magdalene may proclaim the gospel boldly. Hear Hear us, us, O God. God. That we may offer your healing for all who are sick or torn or weary. Hear Hear us, us, O God. God. That many dead and left for dead may be raised in death's power vanquished. Hear Hear us, us, O God. God. That all who are unclean may receive your cleansing grace. Hear Hear us, us, O God. That all who are possessed, oppressed, distressed, depressed, and downcast may be set free at last. Hear Hear us, us, O God. God. Even so, come and fill this feast, Holy Spirit, this day and every day until the day when we eat it anew at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and our Easter rejoicing shall know no end. All blessing, honor, glory, and power be yours, holy triune God now and forever. Amen. Our table has been set. Here at the United Methodist Church, we welcome all who come to be with us on this table. There is no one who is unwelcome. So we will be receiving the elements in the pews this morning. I ask that you keep each element, the bread, and we'll take it all together at once at the end, and the same way with the cup that is distributed as well.
Jesus is risen. This is the body of Christ given for you. Take and eat. Again, Jesus is risen. This is his blood that's been poured out for you for your forgiveness of sins. Drink all of it. Please join me in this Thanksgiving after communion. Triune God, you have fed us with the body and blood of Christ, uniting us with you, filling us with the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Send us rejoicing to declare with Mary in our hearts, hands, and voices that the day has dawned and we have seen the risen Lord. Amen. Let us please rise and let's sing with our hearts. Crown him with many crowns.
give up death. It has been defeated. Jesus is risen indeed. Now go in peace knowing of this and have confidence as you let life be what drives you. Go in peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.